Listen. Are you listening? <laughs> This is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Welcome to Radio Taiwan International. I am Natalie So, and up this hour we have some music for you from Taiwan on just the classics. But first, join us for here in Taiwan. It is Wednesday, September 8th, and welcome to Here in Taiwan. In the studio today, we have Shirley Lin. Hi there. Emma Banak. Hello, hello. And I am Natalie So. We'll be talking about one of Taiwan's companies, which has been the top company in Asia to work for um, for three years in a row. Curious what company that is. Also, how Taiwan's hotels have been doing uh, during the recent um, outbreak and Very old human remains were discovered in Taiwan. Tell you more about that coming up next. Okay, so I want to hear about this top company. Uh, we have this, it won the best company to work for in Asia for this year and also for three years in a row. Which company yeah. is this? Well, it's a pharmaceutical company and it's called Chugai Pharma Taiwan. I've never heard that, of that company. I know. And I'm looking <laughs> at that. I'm going like, that sounds very Japanese. And it turns out that it's a Japanese company to start off with oh. from 1925, I think. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, 1925. Wow, that's almost 100 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, this Uh, award is called the 2021 Best Companies to Work For in Asia Award. Quite a name. And they actually won, the same company won three times in a row. So where is the award based? Um, Japan? Three years no, in a row, sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, where is it based? Um, huh. You know what? I didn't check into that where that, that uh, company is. Taiwan Zhongwai Ziyao. But um, so first of all, It started off the story. It started off by saying that a company, you know, have to want to be able to develop long-term so-called happy enterprise, quote-unquote. And it needs to be in an industry that possesses a certain degree of stability and also has the potential for future development. So this company kind of fits all that. <laughs> so um, it has to have a perfect internal system as well, which would be really be the cornerstone of the enterprise de development, which I guess like, you know, for the employees. So, I mean, it, it, it has to be. So Chugai Pharma Taiwan Limited once again won this award and is presented by Asia's most authoritative human resources publication called HR Asia. And this year's competition has close to 300 entrants and only six were pharmaceutical companies. And um, this same pharmaceutical company in Taiwan won it for the three, times in, uh, three years in a row since 2019. So um, but first of all, this company uh, announced a new growth strategy called Top I-2030. What it is is that they're looking forward to uh, becoming the world's top innovator in the pharmaceutical field by the year 2030. And this strategy also implies growing and sharing prosperity with, of all people, the company's employees. 
So that's how you make them happy. <laughs> and, uh, so the key is to cultivate talents and communicate effectively. And so, in addition to like regular reviewing of the company's workforce situation, the company also customizes career development plans for their employees. They arrange computer skills training classes, English classes, Japanese classes. Of course, it's a Japanese company, and for them every year, um, the company also provides complete subsidies of professional training to encourage employees to enhance their competitiveness mm. in the field. Uh, the company's efforts is also to promote internal internship programs to put people in other shoes and encourage brainstorming between departments. So yeah. And that sounds um, good. yeah, and there's more to this. It says that well, of course, now we're in COVID. Um, besides this, you know, government uh, like epidemic prevention measures, the company also takes the initiative to provide employees with healthcare healthcare medicines, disease prevention kits for every person, uh, portable disinfection braces. I'm calling. What is that? What is that? I'm trying to guess it's what that is. It's a pharmaceutical company. They know what they're doing in terms of... <laughs> You're right. Imagine, right? Like they a little spray best... bottle attached to a bracelet or bracelet. something. <laughs> a cool new keychain. Yeah. So it just kind of sprays automatically or something like that. Rapid screening reagents and epidemic prevention allowances. Well, it doesn't go into it details. Sounds like it's their parents or something. Like you get an allowance for taking out the trash today. <laughs> yeah. So it's so nice of them. Um, the company has also organized various activities for the employees, such as allowing employees to take part in, you know, some a lot of companies kind of got rid of the year-end company uh, party, mm-hmm. but uh, but they decided to have it anyway, but of course online. So they made sure they have they it anyway. Eat. Well, I guess you yeah, have to eat what, at home. What, what kind yeah. of party is oh, maybe, that? Maybe, maybe they, they send Uber. you food. Do they, they Uber all the food what? to everyone? Oh, that, 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 that that's what we want, nice. right? Wow, that says... That is so nice, if, if that's the case. Um, they also hold tree planting events. Okay, I don't know if they do that during COVID, but anyway. Beach cleaning, okay, so a lot of social activities. And uh, family day for charity bicycle rides. You ride a bicycle for charity. You don't oh, need money. Cool. I should be yeah. taking notes on this. Uh, yeah, I, that's why we're doing this. You know, It's for all the companies in town to hear about and follow You know, some of the measures here. Um, also, they provide vouchers for five-star hotels. Wow. Mm-hmm. I've never been nice. to a five-star hotel. And um, the aim is to find a good balance between epidemic prevention and enjoying life, fulfill corporate social responsibility, yet yeah, covers everything here, and promote teamwork in the workplace so that work and life can complement each other. That's what I'm saying. They're balancing work and life. You know, you can't just work, work, work and not care about your health, you know, but you really balance family life and work and... Yeah, just just so I can I can picture all of them. I can picture all of them so happy, like going right. to work, you know, big smiles on their Aww. faces, you know, and um and they anyway. So it's also to to uh to to encourage them to face challenges in the workplace with a healthy attitude and body. Yeah. So in the future, the company will continue to be people oriented. That's what they're saying. So yeah, you take care of your people, then you'll make profit in the company, right? Yeah, you know, I, mean, I, I think that that's really sense. what it is. You build up loyalty within the company. People have more energy uh, if they're well rested and also just feeling like fulfilled at their job. So mm. that is a very Japanese um, thing really? about Japanese companies. What, what, what? People are willing to stay in one 
one company until, until yeah until, until they, they retire <laughs> but i feel really, like they are so that's it's that kind of loyalty i've heard a lot of things sort of at the opposite end of the spectrum for working in a japanese company oh really oh, like work yeah like oh, just kind yeah, of working overtime, working overtime a lot and yeah yeah well that's what Taiwan takes after japan we're a workaholic country too you know people do like to work overtime here what do you think Water. makes like a happy company or good place to work I it needs to have you know like sofas and all all you can eat like candy vending machines and pop soda. No, I'm just kidding. But I mean seriously, you know there needs to be have plants in the space. Like I think the trend now is to have company space where it's not all cubicles and and the bosses actually sit with the employees. There's a lot more interaction. I mean, we, we need some Take off the walls. In, you know? in our place. Yeah. I you could know. do that. I, I could buy I some mean, plants. I already like our workspace. It's spacious, it's spacious for the seven of us, and it was really nice. We've got really nice windows, you know, and view of Taipei 101. Yeah, I love looking out the you window know. and getting to see that. I'm so glad that we painted the walls, you know, one one wall it's blue, true. the other I think fuchsia. we could add some plants, it's actually. Just, I might yeah, do that. Yeah, more plants. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to feel like I'm like... in a tropical jungle when I walk <laughs> into the office. <laughs> We'll be That's looking forward idea. to work. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like the idea that they say um, they have all these different activities. They do things together. And mm. I, they also say they have really good communication. Yeah. And they share their profits, I think. Right. right? I think that's really important. Oh, yeah. I'm going to ask about that for, for us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, Natalie. <laughs> no, you <laughs> never know. Can't, can't hurt to ask, right? Okay. these interesting uh, very old human remains that were discovered yeah mm. so they found two sets of human remains this actually happened back in February but just recently they've finally made it to the uh, Museum of Archaeology in oh. good old Tainan so oh. the remains actually came from Jiayi and they were discovered when um, people were working to construct um, I guess an extension or make some repairs to the uh, railways in Jiayi and I can't imagine digging for I don't know just digging through the earth and all of a sudden coming across these two skeletons mm. I feel like I would definitely be freaked out same um, here yeah I mean luckily it seems that in the process they didn't end up damaging the skeletons it says that the skeletons are mostly intact um, one of the skulls was broken due to the like torrential rain that oh. was in the south recently. So I guess mm. even though they discovered the remains in February, it takes a very long time for them to safely excavate. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, so the two human skeletons include a middle-aged man and woman, and they're both lying face down with their arms resting on their backs. And oh. um, it seems like they're part of a family together. And okay. it says that the bones are estimated to be about 2,500 years old, which would be part of the um, Neolithic period, which is really crazy to think about what life was like for them back then. I can't I even know. imagine what that would look like. Really? Oh, very different than what we're doing now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> wow. But, you know, when you think about it, I mean, there are constantly construction and excavation going on. And... 
you know, you probably come across something, maybe not human skeleton, maybe like pottery and things like that. How can you not destroy them? I mean, luckily, I mean, I don't know. They, I mean, construction companies don't do it like as if they're archaeologists. You know, they kind of take a little bit of time just being thinking that maybe they'll come across some kind of treasure. Yeah. But you don't do that. And like, so... You see archaeologists with like the tiniest little feather brush just like I know. lightly dusting. It's like, how did they even get to this point where they found that there was something here? Like they definitely weren't going with this tiny little uh, brush throughout the entire yeah. thing. Like there must have been some huge excavation going on. Right. So. I think I would like that job. You know, just slowly, a little brush, you know, just brushing away. Really? And then you discover more and more of it and just like feeling like it's a, quite an accomplishment for yourself but uh, i don't know i definitely uh, like doing something similar when i was a kid in the sandbox yeah. <laughs> but not in the heat of summer though i would I mean, be afraid to like mess it up like, oh you know, it's like, like oh. one little whoops i i broke that 2500 there's no bone. replacing that yeah <laughs> i think yeah, you're right you know how it's there like, are these smaller ones you know that kids can buy and like right. they, they pretend, like they pretend. They, and then yeah you're right we actually got one really tiny one and I think in the midst of in the midst of like playing with it, we actually did break the arm. Oh no! <laughs> Whatever it was, you're right. You know, I, how can how can anyone you know you have uh, to be really trust careful. me? <laughs> no, I'm sure you're else. careful, Shirley. I'm just saying I'm not that careful. So <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It says that this is actually the third pit of skeletons that they found in the area. In the so same, maybe wow. Maybe once they found the first one, they had been looking more carefully so in the carefully. same area. And the other two that they found contained pottery and another skeleton. So. But you know what? I was just thinking that once, let's say a rich company was ready to build a five-star hotel in that spot, and then they excavated like a skeleton, okay, that's really historical. They have to stop the whole thing. And do they though? I don't don't they? I don't know. It depends on the and laws. And that I think. really just turns them upside down because they've got a plan, all that money invested in it. <laughs> I wonder. I, I, I'm curious about these kinds. Of, you know, I should have a show called Curious Curious Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always curious about these kind of things. I wonder what happens. You know, when you have a have to have agreement. I think anyway. it depends on the laws. I, I'm not sure what the laws. Yeah, yeah. There should be laws. I mean, there should be laws about that. that. But um, wow, this is amazing. So. You're saying it's now over at the Archaeological Museum in Tainan. Yeah, right now. Which is where you were living for three years. Yeah, so you haven't I, seen it, though. I have not seen oh, it. Oh, wow. It was reported on, like, it was reported today. Right, um, right, right. So that just happened. I just, just missed it, unfortunately. Well, but, you're heading uh, back in October, you're saying. So definitely going to visit. Yeah, oh, wait. It should be around then. Yeah, still. I was going to say, if it's been around for 2,500 yeah, years, stay hopefully another. it'll stay a couple more <laughs> days, a couple more weeks for me to make it right, over there. Months, yeah. But yeah, mm. um, once it's done being uh, analyzed at the museum, um, it will be returned to Jai City. And I'm not really sure what the city will do with these remains. Yeah, Clearly, really. like, no family members are going to be coming forward <laughs> saying, please bury them with our, our family grave or whatever. Uh -uh. But, but they better have a proper museum for it. Yeah, that's true. Huh, okay. Wow. What a story. Very <laughs> fascinating. Okay, Shirley, tell us about the um, ads about pork, because we do have a swine flu problem here in Taiwan. Yeah. Tell us about it. Well, actually, it just happened on August 18 when the, um, when, you know, Taiwan seized 71 kilograms of, like, pork jerky and sausages smuggled from Vietnam 
and that were actually contaminated with African swine fever. And so um, the government is really nervous about this. Um, besides, like, you know, going on, like, deeper search for smuggled meat from Vietnam and getting to the bottom of it, um, the Council of Agriculture in Taiwan has asked Facebook, and Facebook has agreed to remove, like, these online advertisements of processed pork products and they're made abroad. So one of the things was that um, they asked that, you know, uh, oh, not only Facebook, but also these other large, you know, e-commerce operators to mask such investments, advertisements, so that people cannot even click on them, you know, to just kind of like, yeah, make them fuzzy and not, mm. you just can't click on them. Um, and so uh, they are also working with other government agencies to ask internet service providers, other internet service providers to take down their advertisement of pork related products. Like and all pork related products, not just like this jerky from overseas. or whatever? I uh, think it's mm -hmm. all processed pork containing products. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, because they're, and, and they could be well be fined, you know, because uh, there is this statute for prevention and control for infectious animal diseases act. Okay. Now you can be fined anywhere between a thousand US to 5,400 US dollars. If, um, you know, if you don't, if you if uh, the advertisement of these pork containing products made in countries with African swine fever outbreak, you know, was found and then they could face a fine. And so um, it's pretty serious. And I was just thinking how I had a similar situation. It was, I mean, not having to do with African swine fever, but it was like years ago when we went to, um, my husband and I, we went to um, Chengdu in China. And during, while we were there, we, we fell in love with this, like, so like these pork strips. They were like so delicious. They're like a mouthful, you know, just packed, you know. And, and so, they, they were so good. So then when we were leaving at the airport, we saw them selling them. Mm -hmm. So we got tons of them. We bought them. We said, we're going to bring them <laughs> so home. So these were like show. dried pork Yeah, strips? yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So we were like buying them and taking them home. When we got to the airport at Songshan Airport. Oh, no. The sniffer dogs came by. And they, they sniffed the whole thing. I, I wasn't even thinking, you know. And because I was thinking like, come on. If you know that Taiwan can't have, can't bring in pork, you should have stopped me. That's what I was thinking, you know, like the, the shops in mm -hmm. China and, and at the airport. I mean, <laughs> I wish that they would have asked me, where are you going? Are you going to Taiwan? Sorry, you know, you no, should. No, they're not going to care. They're they not. They want to make do money. business, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the thing is just for me to buy all that food and then get destroyed uh, when I get to You bought a lot of it? Quite a lot. No, they don't <laughs> care. They just want, want your About money. About a thousand NT. Oh. You know? It was like the whole thing was just gone. That must have been so scary to like see the dogs like come oh, over to your bag. Like, right. Oh, I was no, thinking we're like, in trouble. Did yeah. you get fined? No. That's good. Yeah. At well, least you I didn't guess, get fined, right? Yeah, I guess that I'm lucky I wasn't fined, but it was all like, you know, say bye bye to all that. Yeah. It's a minor loss. I remember oh. the last time I was at an airport, which was a super long time ago, unfortunately, and they had the little, I always thought that it was going to be like these big, husky dogs like going around trying to uh find anything of suspicion but it was like the tiny like this tiny cute little <laughs> really? puppy yeah and he would just look like he was running around happily and i was just like oh my god this is adorable like please find something in my bag so i can come <laughs> so you can come over here and yeah. Unfortunately, there was nothing of interest. Yeah. I, I remember it was a beagle it was uh, yeah, the cutest thing I think beagles yeah are good at that. 
you know, it was it came up to me. I wasn't even thinking. You know, I had it in a bag, a handheld oh. bag, and it was coming up to me. I was kind of, oh, what is he doing? Then he starts sniffing, and then the police came, and I was like, <laughs> what? What did I do? Good cop, bad cop. Right there. <laughs> oh, I got so mad, <laughs> but oh well. Yeah, you learn. Now you learn. learn. Yeah, we shouldn't bring in pork products from abroad. Not ever That's again. A lesson. Okay, so how are hotels doing um, at this time? Uh, unfortunately, not very well. So apparently, a lot of hotels are right now barely keeping up with 20% of uh, their original occupancy before the pandemic. And even though before, uh, like these issues definitely emerged once Taiwan went into the level three alert because people really weren't traveling domestically at that time. But even though it's been about a month since uh, Taiwan has downgraded to level two alert restrictions, uh, hotels are saying that the room sales have barely picked up, and many hotels are. Um, really begging gov- the government for <gasps> some sort of financial assistance. Otherwise, a lot of them, it seems like, could potentially fail. Mm-hmm. I thought they're begging customers. <laughs> oh no, no, no! no. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I feel a little bad on my part because I know when I was like looking potentially to stay at a hotel or something, I was like, oh, because like they want more people to come. Like maybe prices will be like lower mm-hmm. but i i don't i didn't really see that trend and i was like oh like don't they want me to come and now i'm like well they like really really need the money so they can't just cut the prices in half when oh. it seems people are still not really um showing up for hotels unfortunately would you guys feel okay to stay in a hotel at this point well i have oh you have in, actually. In the past month yeah and so um actually maybe in Taipei city the hotels are more willing to I don't know, like, you know, rent, uh, I mean, you know, stay at a discount and then they have a whole package and all that. So, well, for our 30th wedding anniversary, so we stayed at this hotel in Taipei, right? Not close, I mean, pretty close to where you live, Natalie. So downtown. Like, oh, Humble you know, House. Posh, yeah. yeah, Humble House. And um, they have a package for 3999 which includes one bad. night stay and an all-you-can-eat breakfast. Ooh. And the, the the breakfast was served in the restaurant, but, you know, we had, they had plexiglass in, in between. And it wasn't that bad, and you had your set menu. So both my husband and I, we ordered a Chinese set menu. Then he said, let's go and order another Western set menu. We were already full, but yeah. it was like all-you-can-eat. So we had gotten, so oh uh, between the two of us, we had, had three three sets of breakfast. Was it good? It was okay. Not bad, you know. Yeah. So it was just nice. And... Yeah, you know, with that kind of deal, I think it was just worth it. It's not bad. I'm sure they do, you know, all the necessary measures and things like that. Um, nothing's different about the bedrooms. and But it's just, it, it's nice to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. You know? I think people would like think, oh, someone took a shower here before. Someone slept in this bed before. Oh, I wasn't <laughs> even thinking that. You know, you know, they put up signs. They put up signs saying that it's been, you but know, I'm disinfected. Sure everything's been disinfected, And though. things like that. And, and actually, I was hoping that, It'll, it there wouldn't be like these dividers because it would be so unromantic to be you know <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> celebrating our anniversary and then with the divider and we can't even talk but we actually found a restaurant which had like a big well actually it's a four uh it's a table for four mm-hmm. and they didn't have the dividers so we were like sitting diagonal across from each other and we had a set meal. i mean they brought the dish and then they would divide it into two portions and it was just wonderful 
Yeah, oh, that, that was really a, nice. That was very you know, nice um, Taiwanese restaurant. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting how some restaurants uh, that I've been to, it seems like by table they kind of follow the regulations differently. Like when I went to, they had my friend and I sit at opposite sides of the table. And then everyone else around us, they were all sitting directly across from each other. And mm-hmm. so we asked, oh, like, um, is there a reason why they can sit like that? And they're like, oh, I guess we just forgot to tell them. And then they didn't what? say anything to what? anyone else. And I was like, all right, I'm not trying to ruin their fun. Okay. But. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. so, yeah. The government has, like, supplied us significant bailout for the um, hotel industry. But unfortunately, mm. it, it not just enough. doesn't seem to be enough. Yeah. Well, hopefully things will pick up, right? Uh, hopefully yeah. the, the outbreak will continue to subside. Mm. Um, Taiwanese are really cautious, so maybe that's why people aren't, you know, swarming to the hotels. <laughs> maybe we need more discounts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for joining us on Here in Taiwan. Uh, for Here in Taiwan, I am Natalie So. I'm Emma Banak. And I'm Shirley Lin. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> When it comes to the world of contemporary Taiwanese indigenous music, Su Ming is king. Su Ming Rupi is a 43-year-old singer-songwriter and guitar master from the Atolan Amis group of Taiwanese indigenous people. Since 2002, he's been instrumental in getting the melodies and rhythms of his musical community into the Taiwanese popular music scene. He often appears wearing the traditional clothing of his people from Taiwan's southeastern coast, and many of his songs feature lyrics in his native Amis language. But key to his success and wider popularity is the fact that he's a bold experimenter and highly original singer-songwriter, fusing his culture with pop, rock, and even Western classical music. Welcome to Just the Classics. I'm John Van Trieste, and in today's episode, we're looking back at over a nearly 20-year-long musical career for a textbook example of what new and exciting directions contemporary indigenous music from Taiwan is taking. So Ming started out performing with the indigenous band Totem, writing and singing lead vocals on many of its songs. The band performed live gigs for a number of years before releasing its first album in 2006, Over Here I Sing. Here is the track of the same title from that album, an anthem for the many younger indigenous people across Taiwan who leave the beautiful seasides and mountains of their home villages behind for Taiwan's cold, uncaring cities.
the end of the band Totem's existence, Su Ming also performed in the duo Echo GS, performed with a fellow singer from the Rukai people. But in 2010, he finally went solo, and with a bang. His self-titled initial album, Su Ming, features this Amis language song, Kasasitek Numita, Our Promise, a song reminding someone back home to take care of themselves until the day they're able to reunite. A lot of Suming's music is either upbeat dance music or music with a laid-back, even beachy vibe. But his second solo work, the 2012 album Amis, and his fourth album, 2014's Ocean Forest, both show a deep talent for arranging in a more Western classical style. Tracks on both of these albums feature Amis vocals gorgeously placed amid rich classical strings and harps. Unlike his more upbeat arrangements, these albums are introspective, this particular track, which happens to feature on both albums, is called The Water Drawing Song, and this arrangement even strikes me as a bit dark. I absolutely love it, though. It's one of the best examples of contemporary indigenous music I can think of. ¶¶ 
Suming pulls it off again with this track from Ocean Forest, with more Amis vocals over a lush classical backing. back a year to 2013, we have more of that classic laid-back swimming feel, though. The song I Cheer For Myself is my favorite from this album. It's a Chinese-language song about perseverance, even when things aren't easy. 
带走。河流悄悄告诉我，有时候别坚持太久。太多的事我不懂，从来未必会有结果。可是我却想做更多，只为了心中的承诺。雨下很快，改变一瞬间，双手摊开，谁还在为自己喝彩？要过得精彩。唱了才甘愿，让风吹着梦想带走。什么歌唱了才甘愿，像河流之意的生活。雨下很快，改变一瞬间，双手摊开，谁还在为自己喝彩？明白什么是精彩，要过得精彩。明白什么是精彩，要过得精彩，为自己喝彩，要过得精彩。
So Ming has continued performing in recent years, featuring, among other places, in a timely 2020 song by another artist that's called Quarantine. But his most recent solo work is 2020's Bondada, apparently a reference to the dominant rhythm in the songs on the album. We're sure to hear more from Suming before too long, but for now, enjoy my favorite track from the album Bondada, I Want to Have a Dream. This has been Just the Classics. I'm John Van Trieste, and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.